Good morning. Uh, welcome to Yuma, Daf Yud Aleph. I'm Rabbi Kovacs filling in. I don't have a list of sponsors, but I do have a bulletin from Shabbos, and it does tell us that there's a Talmud Torah sponsor of Yonah and Shushi Ehrenfeld in loving memory, and Lezech Nishmat, their grandfather, Yosef and Shmuel Aronzal, and a week of learning sponsor by Jack Bennett in memory of Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport of Givati, who was killed in Lebanon in Hezbollah ambush February 7th, 1998. Thank you for all our sponsors. If there are other sponsors, thank you as well, but I don't have a list. I just have the bulletin, so we are going on that. We have an amazing daf today. We're gonna, I'm glad you're here. We're going to get very political, so it's going to wake you up a little bit, God willing. We're on the very last line of Yud Amid base, and we've just been discussing if the, the Lishka Parhedrin, that chamber that the Kohen Gadol stays in for seven days, because um, his wife wanted him out of the house. So, you, you, okay, there are different reasons. But if that needs a mezuzah or not. So they say, my mantana lahadatan rabbanan. Who is the teacher? Remember, there was a debate between Rabbi Yehuda, who said it really doesn't need a mezuzah. It's, it, it's temporary. If it's temporary, it doesn't need a mezuzah. And the rabbanan said, you know what? We'll give him a mezuzah de rabbanan because we don't want it to look like he's in jail. So mantana lahadatan rabbanan. Who taught this baraisa, tapa yodalef? Kol hasha'arim, all of the gates, shahayusham, that were there. We assume this means on the temple. Rashi says these are the eastern gates into the Azara, the main courtyard of the temple. Lo hayelhem mezuzah. They didn't have a mezuzah at all. Chutz mishar nikonor, except for the nikonor gate. Shalifnim imenu lishkas parhedrin, because inside the nikonor gate was the lishka parhedrin, where the Kohen Gadol was staying for seven days. So because we put a mezuzah where the, the Kohen Gadol was staying, we put a mezuzah also in shar nikonor, Going in, the Gra actually removes the word Nicanor, so he just has the gate that led to the room of the Parhedrin where the Kohen Gadol stayed. That one needed a mezuzah, but the rest of the doorways, the archways into the temple, didn't even have a mezuzah. Which sounds a little strange. We're actually going to talk about that on Ahmed Base. Lema Rabbanan, he let's just say that's the Rabbanan that they don't really need a mezuzah at all. Lo, below Rabbi Yehuda, it's not Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. To e Rabbi Yehuda, if it was Rabbi Yehuda who says, you, you really don't need a mezuzah at all on this room where the Kohen Gadol stays for seven days. The only reason to put a mezuzah is because we don't want it to look bad. We don't want it to look like he's in jail. You know, we, okay, let's, let's make it look like it's his house for seven days. But you really wouldn't need their Isa. The Rabbi Yehuda, if it's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, he gufa gezeira, to put a mezuzah on the door to the parhedron chamber itself is a gezeira, v'anon, so we should come, v'nekem, and get up, v'nigzer gezeira the gezeira. What, are we going to add a gezeira on a gezeira? Listen, you, you want to have a mezuzah on his, on his bedroom, on Lishka Parhedrin, just to, for appearances, just to, just to look appropriate. You want to put another mezuzah on the door that's going towards that door? It's, it's a lot. Afilatim Rabbi Yehuda. So we could say, even say this teaching is like Rabbi Yehuda, that they had another mezuzah on Shar Nikonor, or the Shar that was leading to Lishka Parhedrin. It's all one gezeira. This comes up in Shas quite a bit, that we don't make a gezeira on top of a gezeira. We don't add on extra layers of protection when the first gezeira was just an extra layer of protection. But here it's just one gezeira. Perhaps if you don't see the mezuzah on the way in, you're going to think, well, no one lives here. Even the Klingalo doesn't really live here. We're going to ignore the mezuzah on the Lishka Perhedron also. So sometimes there are reasons where it looks like it might be two different gezeira, but it's all one it's all one decree that the Rabbanan made to make the original decree uh, lasting and effective. Tanu Rabbanan Bisharecha. So now we're going to talk about mezuzah. We're going to mezuzah land today, Rabbi So we've taught in the Baraisa Bisharecha. I, I think we have this word in Shema Yisrael. So we're going to, in about an hour, we're going to, we're going to get there. So Bisharecha, in your gates. So what does this include? Echad Shari Batim. It's not only the gates of your homes. Echad Shari Chatserot. It's the gates of your courtyards also. Echad Shari Medinot, the gates of countries. 
Echad Shari Ayarot, and also the gates of cities. Yesh Behen Chovet Mitzvah Lamakam. Now you're going to say, Shari Medinot, what's that talking about? The gates of a country? So Rashi points out, and it's on the very top line, Yesh Medina Mukefet Harim. There are some, some countries that they have a lot of hills around, Viyarim, and forests around, become a parsaot for a lot of their border. A lot of their border is natural barriers. You know, it could be oceans, could be mountains that aren't so easy to cross. And Sharim. So what do they do? They build uh, walls and gates so to wall off their, their Medina. Hagar. Like Hagar might be Hungary, might be might be the Magyar lands that he's referring to. But you see that some countries they had an interest in controlling who went into the country. So with, without condemning or condoning any public policies of any administration, you can see that even 2,000 years ago and 1,000 years ago, countries had an interest in controlling who went into the country. It's just a reality, a historical reality. Um, you know, we're not endorsing anything. It's just a historical reality that countries used to build walls and gates to keep people out. Just, just saying, just yeah. saying. So, <laughs> so it is another interesting thing. Yesh behen chovat mitzvah lemakom. So all of these gates have a requirement of the mitzvah to the makom. It's very strange. I remember in Pesach wasn't we're not even Pesach Shani yet. We said baruch hamakom baruchu that Hashem is the place. But it's a very strange lashon. And there's actually a Rambam who who is on this theme. And we're going to pull up. It's not Torah Shal Pei, but it's Torah that's in the that's in my phone. So the Rambam in Hilchot Tefillin and Sefer Torah in the 6th parak and the 13th Halacha. So it's 6.13. So it's the Rambam in 6.13 talking about Tefillin. And he says a beautiful thing. You have to be careful about mezuzah. It's a requirement on everyone, every Jew, all the time. Every time you come in and out of the room, you're encountering the unity of Hashem. That's what the Shema is all about. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Shema Yisrael, Kaddish Baruch You're seeing the name of Hashem, V'yizkor, and what's going to happen when you see the mezuzah, you're going to remember Ahavato, that He loves you. V'yeir Mishnato, and you're going to wake up from your sleep. He's not literally asleep, he's walking through the doorway, but he's going to wake him up from his sleep. Remember that he has a relationship with Rabbanu Sha'olam. V'shigyotav, behavli Azman, and he's going to, to come out of the confusion and the silliness he's thinking about, and he's going to remember Hashem. V'yeda she'en davar ha'omid li'olam le'olam e'olamim, el'yediyot ha'tzur ha'olam. So Rambam's getting philosophical. He says, when you see the mezuzah, you can remember that nothing is eternal, nothing is, is everlasting, except for Hashem and our development of our knowledge, our relationship of Hashem. Miadu chozer ledato, and a person's going to come back to his senses, cholich bedarkei misharim, and he's going to go on an upright path. Amru chachamim rishonim, kol mishesh lo tefillin berosho, if you have tefillin in your head, of Israel and in your arm, mitzitzit bebigdo, and you have tzitzit on your beged, mezuzah bepitcho, you have mezuzah on your door, muchsach shuliachata, it's it's a very good it's very good uh, we call it a segula in Eretz Yisrael it's a segula you're not going to sin it's a very good thing rabim he has a lot of reminders and these are like angels that are going to prevent him from sinning so he says that the mezuzah you don't just walk by a mezuzah the Rambam says you don't walk by the mezuzah it's a reminder of the makom of Hashem Himself the Yichud Hashem the eternality of Hashem is to get us back into Reality. So every time we walk through the doorway and we see the mezuzah, and uh, we're going to remember that it's, it's the makom, that it's Hashem is eternal and omnipresent, and we're going to remember our relationship with Him. So that's this interesting Lashon Makom. It reminds us of that Rambam in Hilchas, uh, Hilchas Tefillin Mezuzah 613. 
Mishum Shinemar. Good. So why? Shinemar Uchtavtam Al Mizuzot Betecha Ovisharecha. It's beautiful. So we have Chazara on Shema Yisrael and Vehafta. Good. It says you will write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So these arches of Mechaiza, so apparently the entranceway to Mechaiza, which was a city in Bavel, but Rashi points out this city was mostly Jews. It was a big Jewish center in Mechaiza, Jews and non-Jews, but mostly Jews. So these arches going into Mechaiza, why don't the rabbis put a mezuzah on these doorways, these arches, into Mechaiza? These aren't primarily made as an entrance. They're made as a chizuk, as a strengthening to the akra de kuve, to the, this tower of kuve. This is the, they're made for the tower that's on top of the arch. You understand from an architectural standpoint that an arch is much stronger than a square doorway. It'll support a lot more weight. So apparently they made the entrance to Mechauza Arch to support the tower that's on top of it. Amrlei, so he said back, So why doesn't the tower, that tower of kuve that's on top of the arches, need a mezuzah itself? It has a residence inside for the the guard the guard of the prison. Apparently, the prison warden lived in the tower. I'm not sure if the tower itself was the prison. It might have been like the famous Tower of London. It might have been a, a similar setup where it was a, a diros keva for the prison guard there. And maybe the prisoners came and went, but he was keva there, so she needed a mezuzah there. Uh, Tanya. So there's a brisa that supports if there's a, if somebody lives in a in a structure, even though it's not supposed to be a residence, it needs a mezuzah. Uh, Bryce says, Beit Knesset, a Beit Knesset, Sheyeshbo Beit Dira, that has a residence inside, the Chazan Knesset, to the Chazan for the Knesset. This Chazan is what we call a Shamish. He's not necessarily the singer, he's the Chazan of Mashon Chose. Chose means the seer, he sees what needs to be done, and he takes care of the Beit Knesset. So if he, the Gabai, the Gabai, the Shamish, so if he needs, if he, if he, if he lives there, then it needs a mezuzah. Chayevet be mezuzah. So why doesn't this tower on top of the gate of Mechauza need a mezuzah? There's actually a danger. There'd be a danger for the Jews to get together and put a mezuzah on that door. And Rashi says the danger is the non-Jews, the, the Babylonians, the Persians were running it at this time, they would be suspicious that the Jews are doing witchcraft on the city. The Jews are doing some sort of um, some sort of shtick to the city. We, we, this actually comes up, Lamaisa when we try to put up an Eruv in a new place. That some people say, well, we don't want an Eruv, it's some sort of Jewish uh, occult thing. You know, it's, it's a wire on both sides. So it's like, you know, what they, they, people, assume, people assume things. People see Jews doing uh, strange things and they assume that it's uh, going to affect them. So it's a Sakona, the non-Jews would get upset if we put mezuzah, mezuzot on the gates of Mechauza, even though the majority of the population is Jewish because the political authorities were not Jewish. Netanya, there's a brisa that supports this distinction. The mezuzah of a yachid, we need to inspect it, see, make sure it's kosher twice in a week. That's twice in seven years. But one that belongs to the rabbim, twice in a yovel cycle, twice in 50 years. So you see, we don't, we're not matriach the tzibur. Rashi points out we don't, we don't make the tzibur go out of their way very much because then people aren't going to want to volunteer for communal positions if we make them run around checking public mezuzot all the time. So we try to lighten the load. And on this, on this topic, Yehuda said there was an artavin. Rashi says either that was his name or that was his, um, his line of work. He was checking his mezuzot, but in public. Not clear if they were only his own mezuzot or he was 
saying, people, people bring me your mezuzot and I'll check them for you. Maybe it was a, a sofer. Matsu kastor echad. And a Roman official came, but not elef zuz, and gave him a fine of a thousand zuz. So you see that the Roman officials, the non-Jewish officials, were seeing this man checking mezuzot, which is a beautiful thing, but they thought it was some sort of hocus-pocus and witchcraft, and they fined him a thousand zuz. On both sides, was witchcraft illegal in Rome? I got, good. I don't think so. It's a good answer. The Romans did all sorts of witchcraft. The Romans did all sorts of divination and weird things and sacrifices. and blah. They did all sorts of crazy stuff. What happened here was he was practicing witchcraft without a license. That's why the Romans hit him with this giant fine. So we see that, that the extortion called licensing was, was alive and well back 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So... Listen, he's doing a mitzvah. He's checking his mezuzot. Maybe he's checking someone else's mezuzot, which makes him, he's doing a mitzvah. He's a shaliach. He's a messenger to do a mitzvah. He shouldn't get damaged. So the response is, When the danger is readily apparent, the danger is what we call kavua. It's fixed. But here it's, you know, everyone knows about this danger that the Romans are going to come after you for practicing witchcraft without a license. So that's different. That's, you know, he should have known better. And this reminds us, Rabbi Sai, about a famous Gemara in Chulin. So those of you who were with us in the last trip through Shas, remember this Gemara. It's in Chulin, Kuf Membeis. It's very famous. I don't have it memorized, so I'm going to get it out of my phone. And this Gemara is on the topic of Shulach HaKen, sending away the bird. It goes like this. Tanya Devei Rabbi Yaakov uh, Omer. So Rabbi Yaakov said, Ein mitzvah, mitzvah There's no mitzvah in the Torah, that writes a reward next to it. That really, to get the full reward, you have to wait for Tachiyat Metim. It writes by Kibbut Avem, honoring your parents. It's got very good. You get long life and you get uh, goodness for honoring your parents. For sending away the mother bird. What happens? It will be good for you, and it will lengthen your days. But, there was an actual Misa. A son was told by his father, go up on this, on this ladder, go up to the top of the building, and bring me the chicks. We're going you know, to make uh, breakfast or dinner or something. Allah, he went up the ladder. He sent away the mother bird. He took the chicks. And he was coming down. Nafolumet. He fell down the ladder and later he passed away. Where is the long days of this one? Where is his, his goodness? It's promised in the Torah. So his Arichus Yamim is going to be in the Olam Emes, in the next world, which is a totally long world. And in the world that's all good, he will have a reward, but not necessarily in this world. And this is an amazing thing. Dilma Lohava, maybe this is not a good explanation. Rabbi Yaakov, Maisa Chosa. So Rabbi Yaakov saw this Maisa. Dilma maybe this boy who fell down the ladder was thinking about an Avera. Hava, Ra, Baruch So he says, no, even if someone's thinking about something that's not appropriate, Hashem doesn't make that a Maisa. Uh, by Jews, at least. If someone's thinking something, they're not going to be punished just for thinking. Okay, there's, there's intricacies to that. Maybe he's thinking about a Vodazara. So that, that is, gets a worse punishment thinking about a Vodazara. So they say, here's the line, If there's reward for mitzvot in this world, 
So the mitzvah that he was doing, two mitzvot, should have guarded him. He wouldn't have come to think about Avodah Zarah. And get uh, injured and died. There's no reward for the mitzvahs in this world. That means the full reward of the mitzvot is not received in this world. So they say, oh, but Shluchim Mitzvah and Nezokin, that's our line here. But Chazaratim Shani, so maybe he was going down the ladder, maybe going up the ladder, he's protected, going down the ladder. No. Hamarev Elazar Shluchim Mitzvah and Nezokin, Lobe Halichatan, Vulub Chazaratan. So not only going, but even coming back, he should be protected by the Mitzvah. But Chazaratan, so what was the answer? Sulam Ruahava. The ladder was bad, the ladder was rotten, the rungs were loose and, uh, and rotting and about to break. Like we saw yesterday, the, the doors that were wooden that could be eaten by a worm from the inside. This is what happened to the ladder. The ladder was the problem, not the boy's machshava, not the lack of a mitzvah. shiny. And where the, the hezek is kavua, where the hezek is recognizable, that there's a danger here, that you can't rely on a mitzvah to protect you. You have to be practical. You, Rabbi Otay, you have to be practical also. We, we believe in the power of mitzvah. We believe in the power of, of mezuzah. But you have to also be practical and not send your kid up a ladder that's rotting from the inside and the rungs are shaky and might break. So it's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's Yiddishkeit. We're up in Shemaim. Our machshavot are up there with Hashem and, and spiritual growth, but we're also down to earth. We're also practical because we want to avoid practical dangers. Avada. So it's, it's Lamaisa today. It's Lamaisa today. You can't, you, you, you have to be involved in a mitzvah and you have to take proper precautions uh, but you, you have to be realistic at the same time. You, it, it, being involved in a mitzvah, being involved in, in Talmud Torah, protects, but you also have to be practical at the same time. So that's Hecha uh, Dekavia Chazeka Shiny. It's a very big, it's a very important point in Yiddishkeit. Tichsev, and they bring an example, Vayomer Shmuel, and Shmuel says to Hashem, Echelech, how can I go to anoint a new king? Shama Shaul, and Shaul, the first king, is going to hear about it. Haragoni, and he's going to kill me. Vayomer Shem, so what does Hashem tell, Shaul, tell Shmuel to do? Eglat bakar tichach, take a, a calf, and say, I've come to Hebron to do a sacrifice here. Hashem told me to do a sacrifice here. Of course, after the sacrifice, he's going to go find a son of Yishai to anoint as the next king. But he has an alibi. He has something to protect him from, from Shaul, from the government. The Tane Rav Kahana commanded Rav Yehuda. So if Kahana taught in front of Rav Yehuda, we're going to get deep into Helchot Mezuzah. Beta Tevin, a storehouse for your... Um, a straw, beta bakar, or the barn that can have animals, beta eitzim, and the storehouse for the firewood, beta otsrot, and the storage houses generally, patorin min mezuzah, they're pater from mezuzah, mipnei shanashim naotot behen, because the women make nice in them. My naotot, what does it mean, naotot, make nice? Rachatot, that's where they wash. So, so Rashi went to, naotot is lashon na'a, like na'e. Like when you go to a wedding, you don't have anything else to say. You say, kola na v'chasoda. When you see this in the Gemara and Kedushin, you say, it's a nice kola. No, it's very nice, very nice. And uh, so they, apparently because they wash there, that's the reason it's pater from mezuzah, Rashi says, because they're, they go and they get undressed, and they're undressed there. So it wouldn't be kavod for the mezuzah to be on the, you know, understand, it's kind of like a shower. So that's why we wouldn't put a mezuzah on. Amar le Rav Yehuda, time of the rochza. So you're saying the reason these storage areas our potter from mezuzah is because women wash there. Hastama, if it's just a regular old woodshed or a regular old barn, chayavin, it should be chayavin in mezuzah. Vetanya, but there's a baraisa that doesn't sound like this, Svar. And it's, uh, that teaches, refet bakar, a barn for cattle, pturim in a mezuzah. It's potter from mezuzah. 
Elemina otot. So what is the what does the Brita mean when it says neotot, make nice? What does it really mean? Mitkashtot means they adorn themselves. Means they put on their jewelry, they do their hair, they do their makeup. Rashi adds they, they put on their perfume. So the women wouldn't necessarily want to do this in the household in front of everybody. They want to be more tsunua when they're doing their makeup and doing their hair. They don't want everyone to see. And, and uh, often in those times, the house wasn't very large, and maybe there was one room and a few curtains, so maybe they wanted to go somewhere else to, to do their makeup. If you've been to Tzfat and you've seen the house of the Beit Yosef, it's like this. You've, you've been to the tour of Tzfat, the house of Beit Yosef, it, it's like one room. and it, It's a decent-sized room, and there's a little loft, but it's, it's one room. Lamaisa, they must, must have put up curtains for dividers, but it, it's all one, uh, you know, there's, there's no walls walling off individual rooms. So you understand the women want some privacy, to, to get made up, to be mitkashtot. Hachitani. So this is what the bride is teaching. Afopi, even though shenashim mitkashtot, even though the nashim do their makeup there, which is a use, they're using it. They're not sleeping there, they're not eating there, but they're doing something in there. Behem patorin. So even though the women are using it for some useful purpose, they're still patur because they're merely for storage. Amalei Rav Kahana, are you going to tell me that women are doing their, you know, they're getting adorned in there, they're doing their makeup and their perfume and their hair and their jewelry? That's going to be pater. Vatanya, there's Bryce and not like this. That teaches refet bakar, a barn for cattle, paturim in a mezuzah, But if the women use it to uh, adorn themselves there, that's chayev in a mezuzah, because that's, that's actually a real full fledged use. It's not as good as sleeping and eating there, like we do in the sukkah. But it's a, it's a use that should be mechayved in mezuzah. But what can you say? Mitkashtot tanahi that uh, if a space, not a normal residence, but a, a space, a, a, a room or a barn or a storage that's used by women to adorn themselves, tanahi. It's a machlokis tanayim. Lididinami stama tanahi. So I say that a stam refet, a stam barn or woodshed or something like this, also it's a machlokis tanayim if that needs a mezuzah. He uh, detanya, like the Brisa teaches, beitecha, beitecha miuchad lecha. So, which house needs a mezuzah? Your house, the one that is miuchad for you, that's especially for you, that's your own residence. Prat lebeita teven, that excludes a straw storage, lebeita bakar and the barn, lebeita etzim and the woodshed, lebeita otrot and the storage rooms. Shepatorim min mezuzah, they're pater min mezuzah. V'yesh mechayivin, and some people say they're chayivin mezuzah. We see it's a machlokis tanaim. Be'emet amru, it's usually when we see these words, be'emet amru, it means we, they agree, they poskin like this. Be'ta kisei, a bathroom with a, you know, an outhouse. Ubeta borsiki, and the tannery, which had a lot of smells and chemicals in there. Ubeta merchatz, and the bathhouse. Ubeta tefila, and the room with the mikveh in it. Vishe nashim neotot behen, and the room where the women make nice again. Again, that's that word that might mean washing, it might mean adorning. Petorin min mezuzah. These are all pater from a mezuzah. Rav Kahana metarts the time. Rav Kahana interprets this brisa according to his logic. Rav Yehuda metarts the time. And Rav Yehuda according to his. Rav Kahana metarts the time. Rav Yehuda explains this according to his reasoning. Betecha, betecha miuchad lecha. That's your own house needs a mezuzah. Prat le beta teven, le beta bakar, le beta etzim, le beta otrot. Excludes all these storage houses, barns, woodsheds. Shepetorin min mezuzah. That they are pater mezuzah bistam. When it's just a regular woodshed, just a regular barn. And some say a stam barn is machayiv in a mezuzah, and be'emet amru, and they said in truth, beta kise, beta borsiki, beta merchatz, that the outhouse and the tannery and the washhouse, the bathhouse, beta tevila, and the, the house with the mikveh in it, vishen nashim behen, 
and where the women make nice, umane otot, rochtot, and a room where the women wash in it, pturin minizuzo. So all of these places have in common that the people are undressed there, or there's smells there, or there's excrement there. So those are all pturin mezuzah. Ihachi, if so, hainu merchatz. So listen, we said bathhouse, and then you said where the women are neotot, where they're rochatzot, where they're washing themselves. So you already told me the merchatz, the bathhouse. Why are you telling me where the women wash? It's the same thing. So the first one is the Merchatz de Rabim. That's the public bathhouse. It used to be in Roman times, not everyone had indoor plumbing, had running water, had a way to heat water. So they would heat the water publicly. And you'll see this in Eretz Yisrael, that they, they have some of the bathhouses from Roman times, and they would have uh, you know, different pools. They'd have the hot, the hot pool and the cold pool and the steam room and the, you know, where they would schwitz and and they scrape off the schmutz and use oils and, you know, clean up. And it, and it was, uh, the public went there and they pay, paid some money and uh, got their towel and their oil and cleaned up. So this room where they're neotot, rochotot, is a merchatz de yachid. It's a, like a private room where they you know, just individuals, just one family is washing. The psychodot, the chamina, we would have thought to say, merchatz de rabim, a public bathhouse, the nafish zume, it has a lot of, uh, zuhama usually means like, like an odor, like a steam, like a schmutz, we call it. You know, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot going on, a lot of nudity, a lot of, uh, you know, sweat. A private bath area where it's just a few women, just a family using it. Maybe it's not so bad. We might say that's Kamash Malan. So we learn out, no, even a private uh, bathing area is Padrim and Mezuzah. Rabbi Yehuda Matar, it's the time here. Yehuda will explain the same Baraisa for his reasoning. He says, this is what it's teaching. So what needs a mezuzah? Your house, your house of residence. Excluding a straw storage, a barn, a woodshed, and a storehouse. Even if women use that to adorn themselves, to do their makeup and their perfume and their jewelry. And some say these are these places are chayev, even though it's a barn, even though it's a woodshed. It's not really a normal dira, but just because the women are adorning themselves, we're going to say it's chayev in a mezuzah. But stam, without this uh, factor of women using it to do adorn themselves, we would say it's pater. Now this reminds us of an amazing Rashi on the Chumash. The word miskashtot, I don't think, actually shows up in Chumash anywhere, but it's in a Rashi. Rashi is uh, at the end of Vayakil, and he says, like, actually, and this is very famous, and if it's not famous, we're about to make it famous. Some, this is one of those long Rashis that sometimes we skip over because it's too long, but it's worth it. So this is Shemot uh, 38, Pasuk 8, He made the golden, uh, you know, wash basin. That and its base of copper, from the mirrors of the gathered women. Okay, some guys know what's coming already. This is good. So <laughs> beautiful. So Rashi says from the Medrash, they had mirrors. They would use these mirrors to beautify themselves, to do their makeup, do their jewelry, their hair, to look beautiful. And they brought them to the Mishkan. They didn't hold back. And Moshe spurned them. Because this is for the Yetzir Hara. Use this for mitkashtot. Use this to adorn yourselves. That's not chashuv. That's not holy. 
Kabel, accept them. Ki elu chavivin alai minakol. These are the most beloved thing to me. Why? Shal yedeken chemidu anashim tzivaot rabu b'mitzrayim. This is lashon tzivaot. Nashim tzivaot. They um, were tzovei, like they made sevas, like an army also, but they made like legions in Mitzrayim, legions of children. The husbands were worn out from the back-breaking labor. The husbands had, uh, were exhausted and enslaved and being worked, you know, sometimes, God forbid, to death. So the women would go and bring them food and drink. And they would uh, feed the husbands, you know, to give them their strength back. And take out the mirrors. And this is beautiful, by the and she would look at herself next to her husband in the mirror. Now you understand, she's already done her makeup and her hair, and she's already uh, you know, dressed, dressed, dressed very well. And she would seduce him with words, saying, I'm more beautiful than you. Because you understand, he was uh, you know, involved in slavery, and she was all made up and gorgeous from being mitkashtot using the mirror. And that would return the desire to their husbands. You know, they had no, they had no desire left. And this, this use of the mirror and the use of the makeup and the use of what the women were doing would bring back the, de- the desire. And they would get together, and they would actually conceive and give birth right there out in the field. It says in Aratika. I have uh, awakened you or aroused you under the apple tree out in the field. This is what the Pesach means, the mirrors of the women who gathered or congregated. Uh, they, they congregated, they gathered together the, uh, the children that they, that they made in Mitzrayim. And the, the version in Sota, uh, Yud Aleph, it's Yud Aleph, um, says that Bizchut Nashim Sitkaniot, in the merit of the righteous women, Nigolan, we were redeemed from Eretz, from, from the Shibud Mitzrayim, and then it launches into the story about the mirrors. So the mirrors saved Am Yisrael because they were used for mitzkashot. So you see that this mitzkashot, this women doing their makeup, doing their hair, putting on their jewelry to look good for their husbands, so they can have a normal family life, that is so chashuv, it saved Am Yisrael from Shibud Mitzrayim. And that is the machloket right here in the Gemara, if you uh, you know a barn or a woodshed, yeah, okay, it should be part of a mezuzah. It's not a dira. But listen, the women go in there and they do their hair and their makeup and their jewelry. Oh, so then now it's chashuv. Now it's chashuv. Now it needs a mezuzah. See, that's the machloket right here. Is if mitkashtot, if the women just going in there to adorn themselves and look good, if that's good enough to be a dira to need a mezuzah, and that's right here. That's 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 the machloket, and that's what saved Kali Israel from Mitzrayim. It's an amazing thing. So the power of uh, the power of nashim tzikaniot. So good. Uh, so good. I think I went back a little bit. So let's let's uh, rewind a second. Uh, good. I'm going back a couple lines because I was like in the middle of it. All these storage rooms are potter from mezuzah. And some say they're chayev because the women use them to adorn themselves. But if women don't adorn themselves in them, they would be potter. They're merely storage. And in truth, they said, the uh, outhouse or the tannery, and the bathhouse, and the mikveh house. So even though women would use that to adorn themselves, but because it has the lavatory, or it has the tannery, or it has the mikveh in there, people are not dressed in there, those are pater from the mezuzah. 
mishum denafish zume because there's there's zume again there there's schmutz there's schwitz there's you know these these factors that it's not respectful to have a mezuzah there. Rav Yehuda, and for Rav Yehuda, stama divrei hakol pater. He says mistama. Everyone would agree that these storage rooms, these barns, are pater. Batanya bisharecha. But there's a brisa not like him. It says bisharecha in your gates. Echad shari batim. Echad shari chatzerot. Whether it's your house or your um, yard. Echad shari medinot or your country. Echad shari ayarot or your city. Verefet and a barn. Velulin. That's a, a chicken coop or bird coop. Umatvan, that's a tevin storage, straw storage. Otsrot yain, in your storehouse for the wine. Otsrot shemen, or for your oil. Hayavin b'mezuzah, these storage places need a mezuzah. So we see they've added on the certain storerooms to the list of places need a mezuzah. Yachushnim rabe af, turning over. You might have think you would add even Beit Shar, a gatehouse. It's just sort of a little building built at the entrance to a chatzar. Echsadra, it's sort of the, um, I think they call it a, a portico. It's like a hallway leading to other places, or the, the porch. This is often used for the, the balcony if you have a, a dirai of an apartment and you have sort of an, an exterior walkway leading to, you know, some hotels are built like this. There's a walkway on the outside, second floor, leading to the hotel room. Some uh, dirot apartments are built like this also. It's a mirpeset. Talmud Lomar, bait. Uh, so certain certain of these things are not these you, you don't really live there. Um, there's a Tosfot that points out, uh, and Ahmed Aleph, he says that, uh, that uh, some of these places, we do say they need a mezuzah. He had said in Menachot, Lamed Gimel, we said that these Achsadra and Mirpeset, they would need a mezuzah, and he says, or Machalik there, if these places lead directly to a dira, directly to an apartment, it would need a mezuzah, but if they're just sort of leading somewhere else, and they're not leading directly to a house, they would not need a mezuzah. He says, or maybe what's derived to the Rabbanon, but over there in Menachot, Lamed Gimel, they, they seem to be different, but we make it also makes a distinction. So these places that are not Miuchad Ladira, they do not need a mezuzah. Yacho. Shanim Rabe Af Betakisa, you might include even an outhouse, Ubeta Borsiki, or in Tannery, Ubeta Merchatz, or the bathhouse, Ubeta Tvila, or the house with the room with the mikveh in it, Talmud Lomar, Bait. So uh, the Pasuk tells us the Bait, Ma Bait, just like a Bait, Asuila Kavud. It's made for honor and respectability, Afkola Asuila Kavud. So to any, any room that's made for respectable use, Yatsu Elush, and Asuila Kavud. So these rooms, like a lavatory or a tannery, or the, the bathhouse are not made for the kavod. You see from here that your house, our own houses, kavod homer, they should be made for kavod. You know, when we put a mezuzah on our house, we should think about this is a kavod for the house. You know, it's not that uh, the mezuzah is just an ornament. It, you know, it's, it's a kavod for the house. And when you see the mezuzah on your way in, you remember what the Rambam said in, in 613. You know, the Rambam said it's going to wake you up. You know, it's going to teach you to put Hashem first. Think about the eternality of Hashem and the... Uh, the passing nature of everything else, and it'll wake you up. And so it's a, it's a kavod to have the mezuzah on your house. So, you might include even the harabait, the shakot, and the rooms in the temple, the azarot, and the courtyards of the temple. But the Pazuk says, it's a house. Just like your house is mundane, it's non sacred. So, this includes only things that are whole. Yatsu Eilu, this excludes the Harabites and the temple and the structures there. Shen Kodesh, Tiyufta. So this is a Tiyufta to Rabbi Yehuda, and we're going to pass in that storage rooms are Chayev. So the garage or the attic, if it has the door, we're actually going to about to see the proper size of a door to be Chayev and Mezuzah. It needs a certain doorway. We're going to take a look at that. 
But storage rooms, assuming they're of the minimum size and the doorway is the minimum size, they are chayev in a mezuzah. So, and even if it's a, not such a great storage room, but the women do their makeup in there, also chayev in a mezuzah. That's a, that's a hush of use, like a dira, but we see, that we see from here we don't pass in like Rabbi Yehuda, and the storage is chayev in a mezuzah. Good. Tanei Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda kmei de so Shmuel taught in front of Rava, Shisha Sharim Petorim Min Mezuzah. There are six kinds of doorways that are putter from needing a mezuzah. Beta Tevin, your straw storage. Beta Bakar, your barn. Beta Eitzim, your woodshed. Beta Otsrot, your food storage. Sharim Madi, and a median gate. We'll find out what that is. Shar Sha'ena Makura, and a shar without a roof. It has no, no top post to it. Shar Sha'ena Gavoa, Yud. And a doorway that's not Yud Tfachim Chai. It's not Ten Tfachim tall. It's not a real door, and we know from Hilcha Sukkah, it's not a real mechitza either. Amr Bashiva. So you told me you were going to tell me six, you told me seven. No? Amr I can count, yeah? Amr Sharamadi Tanahi. That's because Sharamadi is a machlokis tanaim. The Tanya, the Bryce explains. So the Sharamadi is arched. And they're going to explain a kippa. Kippa is what we have on our heads, Rabbi but it also means a dome or an arch. Rabbi Meir Mechayev Mezuzah. He says, in arch doorway is Chayev Mezuzah, Hachamim Potrim. They say it's not. Shavin, and they agree, Sheim Yesh Beragla Asara, if the legs of the arch, that means the vertical sides, what's going on is it's vertical, and then it arches on the top. It's not slanted the entire way, but it's vertical for 10 Tvachim, and then it's domed on top. Shachayvin Mezuzah, they agree, it's Chayv Mezuzah. Alma Asara, Beragla Gimel, if the whole doorway is 10 Tvachim high, and the legs, the straight portions near the bottom, don't have gimel tfachim. Love klumhi. It's not even a doorway because we know that gimel. Remember Hilchos Shabbos. If it's within gimel tfachim of the ground, it's like it's on the ground already. There's there's nafkaminas for rolling things versus throwing things for hotza. We saw that in the first parak of Shabbos. Inami yesh beragla gimel. Or if the legs, the straight parts, have three tfachim, ena givoa asara. Or if the entire height of this doorway, this arch doorway, is not ten tefachim, love klumhi, it's not even a doorway. Lo nechlaku, so they didn't disagree. Ela begevoa asora, it's really ten tefachim tall. V'yesh beragla gimel, and the straight legs do have gimel. They do have three tefachim of straight uh, height before it starts to arch over into a into a curve. V'ein baruch badalid, but it doesn't have. Uh, four tfachim of width for the whole ten, because what's going on is it has three tfachim of height, and the width is good enough, the width is dalid, the width is four tfachim, but then it starts to slant inwards, so the rest of it is not dalid wide. But you could pretend to carve out, you're not literally carving out, your hok l'chashlim, we saw this also in the first bag of Shabbos, uh, if you removed the arch and left it squared off, you've taken out the curved part, and you're just leaving the square part, then it would be four tefachim wide. Rabbi Meir, Savar, Chokigin, Lachashlim. We pretend that you carve out the arch to make it square. Rabbanu Savar, and Chokigin, Lachashlim. And therefore they would say it's putter because it's not wide enough. It's not ten tefachim tall and four tefachim wide because the arch gets in the way. And Rabbi Meir says the arch doesn't get in the way. We will pretend for halacha purposes that it's not there. Good. Tana Rabbanu, that was our geometry lesson for today. Tana Rabbanu, the Bryce says, Beta Knesset, Beta Isha, Beta Shutfin, Chayavad Mezuzah. A Beit Knesset, where we are, or a Beit Isha, a house owned solely by a woman, or Beit Shutfin, it's owned by partners. It is Chayiv and Mezuzah. Pshita, shouldn't that be obvious? It's a mitzvah. Ma'od, the same we would have thought to say, the Pazak says, Beitecha. Beitecha is a masculine singular word. Your house, masculine singular. 
Lo beta, not her house. Beta chav lo batehem, and it's your house, singular, not a plural, not your house of two men who joined up in a partnership. Kamash Milan, so we come out that those are all chayv and mezuzah. Emahachanami, why don't we say, let's, let's read the word literally and say it's masculine singular only. It's only a house owned by one man should be really chayv deraisa. Amakra, leman yerbuyu mechem vimevenechem. The Pasuk says, why? We're going to read in Shema. Why do we do the mezuzah? So that your life will be longer. Only a man needs a life. But partners and women don't need a long life. We all need long life, Rebus. We should all be gazont. I may have asked That's it. So why does the Torah say, Betecha? Kidr Rava is famous. He reads Betecha as Biatacha, the way you come in. So how do you come into the house? Ki akar inish kare, when you pick up your leg to go in. Yamina akabaresha, you pick up your right leg first. This is actually a famous slogan, you know, right foot forward. Right foot forward is right here in the Gemara, Yuma Yud Aleph. We know it's derech kavod to start with the right. The right is symbolic of chesed, of giving, of kindness, of mercy. And we know, we remember from Zvachim, when the Kauhanim would go up to the Mizbeach, they would always turn right. They'd always go to the right and turn to the right. It was Derech Kavo to start with the right. Even if you're left-handed, no hate for the lefties, but we start with the right. You know, you put your right shoe on first, so you put your right foot forward, so you put your mezuzah on the right side going in. Obviously, that's the front door. Other doors, maybe it's not so pasha, which side you should put it on, the left or the right, depends on the shimish. There's a lot of discussion about that in the post game. What if you have an emergency exit? Emergency exit goes to the outside, but if you only go from inside to outside, not outside to inside. So maybe since it's for emergencies only, you don't even need a mezuzah, or maybe it needs a mezuzah, but on the on the right side, which would be the left from the outside, but the right side from the inside. So there's a lot of discussion in the post game about putting your mezuzah on the right versus the left and how to decide that. Obviously, on the front door, it's it's easy to figure out because we're always going into the house. Again, it's built for kavod. Going in, so it'd be on the right side. So on this topic, Tanya Idach, in the Brisa, Beit Knesset, Beit Shutfin, a shul or a house of partners, Beit Isha, Metami ben Negayim. So Baruch Hashem, we have Chazara from the Parsha Shvua uh, about uh, Negayim, about the Tsaras could come on a house, even if the house is owned by partners, not by one person. Pshita, that's obvious. Maudetema uva asherlo habayit. Because the Puzzle says, he who owns the house will come to the Kohen and say, you know, I've seen something in my on the wall. Uh, so it sounds like it's one man owns this house and not a woman and not partners. Kamash Milan, that even if the house is owned by women or by partners, it could be Tamei Tsaras and have Negaim. Emahachanami, so why not? Why not limit it only to a house owned by one man? Amakra, Bevet Eretz Chuzatchem. Because the Torah, the Torah says about the house getting getting Tsarat, it's only in Eretz Israel and it calls it Eretz Chuzatchem. And that's plural. Chuzatchem includes women, includes partners, includes everyone. Elelo, so why does the word say lo? Lamali. This is amazing, Rabbi lo. Someone who keeps his house closed off to himself. Okay, what's the big deal? What this means is wrote He doesn't want to lend out any of his household utensils. You know, if the neighbor knocks on the door, he won't give them an egg, he won't give them a frying pan, he won't give them anything. Omar Shainlo, he says, I, I don't have that. I, I can't lend you that. I don't, I don't have any of those. But he's he's not telling the truth. What happens? Hakadesh Baruchu Mefarsamo. Hashem will publicize it. Because when he takes the kalim out of the house, remember what happens? He goes to the Kohen and says, I think I saw a tsaras. Kohen says, oh, really? I'm going to come look at it. But before I come look at it, take everything out of the house. Because if that's really tsaras, everything's tame. 
So now what does he have to do? This man who wouldn't lend out his kelim, he has to take everything outside. And now the neighbors see it's exposed his, uh, his unwillingness to share. So this is miached lo. He's trying to keep to himself, and Hashem will make it come about that he has to show everybody that he was untruthful. Pratlamashal uh, but a person who lends out his kelim, he's, you know, he's, he gets along with the neighbors, they all share. Kelav lecherim, ubeit knesset, mimetami vedegayim. So, could, uh, sorry, so someone who lends out his kalim, who shares with other people, participates with other people, he's not going to get it a gaim because he doesn't have that, that attitude. And that's the same attitude that could be involved in Lashon Hara, which is the main, credited as the main source of the gaim. There's 10 different potential causes. But Lashon Hara, we, we learned uh, on Shabbos, was sort of the main, the main, uh, main thing to blame. And they ask, can a Beit Knesset get get surat hatanya, but the rice says You might have thought a base measure should be knesset could get negayim. Talmud Lomar but the man who owns the house comes mishemiyuchadlo. So that's a house owned by a person. Yatsu elu, not a base knesset base medrash. Shen miyuchadim lo. They're not for one person. They're for everybody. Lo kasha habri mayor harabanan. One's a mayor, one's rabanan. Tatanya base knesset sheish ba beidira base knesset that has living quarters inside. Lachazan for the shamesh the gabai. Uh, Rabbi Meir Rabbi still says it's Chayev. The Chamim say it's Potter. So really, Minadin should be Potter. Uh, or you could say, They're both the rabbis. One is a base medrash or base nest that has a residence inside. Base Dira, the other one does not have resident side. Ibais Ema, Chavacha de Lespa, Base Dira, that I, both of these do not have residence in the base matters, base Knesses, turning on the top of your base. Ha de Krochim, Ha de Kfarim. And one is in the cities, and one is in the villages. So hold on. So Rashi says, Krochim, Shu Makam Shvakim. The Krochim has the markets, Mit Kabsot Sham, people gather there. Mit from a lot of different places. He has Suya Lakol Haba. So everyone can come, Lehit Palel. There's no, there's no single owners. We remember this by Megillah um, Nikrait. Uh, when we and Purim, the very, very beginning of, of Megillah, we say that in the cities, people come from the villages and hear the Megillah, and you know they come for business and they hear the Megillah in the city. But the Kfarim, Rashi says, Kol Baalav Nikarim. You know everyone in the village. This is a small village with one shtibel. Everyone knows who's there. They all donate to the building fund. So it's like they're partners in the small shul. So we see that a shul could be, you know, two kinds of shuls. There's an insular shul where everyone's like, ah, oh, this is my shul, man, keep out of my chair. And there's a shul where, like, come on in, come on in, welcome. Here's a sitter, you know, welcome. So two approaches. So, so that depends. I'm, I'll let Ralph take it, but listen, I have time. Baruch Hashem, we've got a few minutes left. So the, the Indian of mezuzah is famous for one, very made, made famous for one man, and that's Uncleus the Gear. And there is a Gemara. Let's pull out the Gemara. And Uncleus the Ger is very famous. It's in Avodah Zara 11. And it's Uncleus Barclonimus converted to Judaism. But what happened? The Medrash tells us he was the nephew of Hadrian. Anyone know what Hadrian's famous for? There's something named after Hadrian. Anyone know? It's a big wall. It's a big wall. So they named the big wall after Hadrian, okay? So that's beautiful. So Uncleus was his nephew, the son of, of his uh, sister. And the, the Medrash tells us he learned all the wisdom. He learned all the, all the Greek wisdom, the wisdom in Rome. He was a Roman. He was not Jewish. He learned all this wisdom, and he got a little bored, and he, and he goes, Uncle, 
I'm going to go out into the world. I've learned everything. I've learned Greek. I've learned the antiquities. Uh, what, what should I do you know, for business, for Parnassa? And Hadrian, the emperor, says, find something that's cheap, that people don't value very much, but it could appreciate in value. And you know, buy low, sell high. It's good advice. Find something people don't value very much, supply and demand, and you hold on to it. When people realize the value, you're going to be rich. So beautiful. So Uncleus goes out in the world, ends up in Eretz Yisrael, and you understand, he's a man who loves wisdom. He starts learning Torah. Now he's learning Torah. He becomes a Jew, becomes a sage, sees that a lot of the people in Eretz Yisrael, their Hebrew wasn't so good. Their Ivrit wasn't so good. They're speaking Aramaic. So he writes the Targum Uncleus. You know, of course, based on with his Rebbeim also, he learned by Rebbe Eliezer ben Hurkanus. He's, you know, he's a gadol. He, so he wrote the Targum Uncleus that we still use today for Shnai Mikra Echad Targum. We still use it to this day. And then what happens is, uh, I'll just say it outside, is that Hadrian says, uh-oh, you know, famous Roman, my nephew, who's a famous Roman nobleman, has converted to Judaism. It's going to lead other Romans to convert. He sends soldiers to go and bring him back. And he starts talking to them and learning. And they, wow, this is amazing. And the Roman soldiers also convert. So then Hadrian sends another group. And he says, don't, don't talk to her with this guy. This guy, he's one of these Mishigayim. He's one of these, you know, don't, don't. So he says, he says to the next group of Roman soldiers, yeah, you know, who holds the torch for the emperor? Well, the, uh, the general. Who holds the torch for the general? Well, the lieutenant. Who holds for the lieutenant? Uh, the, the sergeant. Who holds for the sergeant? Uh, the private. You know, they're, they're army men. They understand all the ranks. He says, you know what? Hashem held the torch for the Jewish people. There was an Amud Aish. Hashem lit the way for the Jewish people in the Midbar, and Hashem lights our lives. Wow. Second group of Romans converts. Third group of Romans, emperor says, don't even talk to him. Don't, don't do anything. Just take him back to Rome. We're going to get this guy out of yeshiva. He's leaving the room, and what does he do, Rabbi Sai? Yeah, he touches the mezuzah. My, my high. Okay, what, what are you doing? What, what are you touching this for? He says, listen, by Rome, the, the guards are on the outside. The walls and the guards protect the emperor. But for the Jews, our emperor, our, our God, he protects us. We write the Shin and the Dalad and the Yud, Shomer Dlatot Yisrael, that it, it, it's a Shmira also. Now, Rambam says, mezuzah is not an amulet, it's not a Segula, it's not a Shmira. But the mitzvah of mezuzah does protect us. And the Romans are sort of, wow, they're very impressed. And they convert too. And at the end, Hadrian gives up. They eventually meet again. Hadrian and Uncleus meet again. Hadrian says, why did you become Jewish? Why did you go to yeshiva? What does this Jewish to us? He says, emperor, my uncle, I took your advice. You said find something people don't value that will appreciate in value. I found the wisdom of the Torah. And right now, people don't value it so much. Most of the world is not Jewish. But in the future... This will be a nation of princes, a nation of Kohanim, of teachers, and the entire world will want to come and learn our wisdom. It will be the most valuable thing in the world. So when Mashiach comes in Herbe Amenu, everyone's going to want to learn the Targum Uncleus, and Uncleus is going to be like, he's going to be like, Mamish, having a great day. Everyone's going to want to learn Peshat and Chumash. Every Christian in the world will want Peshat and Chumash with the Targum Uncleus. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you.